Okay, hi, my name is Carrie Johnston and I'm recording today on the traditional territory of Champagne and Ajac First Nations. And this is the Yukon Entrepreneur Podcast Series. And I'm joined today by Sophie. Sophie, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Sophie Villeneuve and I'm the founder and CEO of Beyond Birthing, which is um, a physiotherapy clinic focused on pelvic health for pre and postnatal care. Uh, and I'm also developing some online programs at the moment. Yeah, and I I'm also, super- sorry, uh, I just wanted <laughs> to mention, I also have a YouTube channel called Beyond Birthing to help moms prepare and recover from birth. And if I recall, you were just launching that at, when we talked to you last time. And so it's really excited to follow up with you and to hear about how your business is doing as we you know, enter into season two of the Yukon Entrepreneur podcast. Absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, you remind our listeners just how long have you been operating your business for? Uh, since 2015. Okay, and your client base, who are you serving? Uh, so it has changed over time. At the beginning, I was seeing any pelvic health uh, physiotherapy population. So uh, it could have been women or men or even children with pelvic health issues. So we're talking incontinence, prolapse, uh, pelvic pain, pain with sex um, are the main ones. And over time, I slowly um, specialize more in pre and postnatal care. So that's all I do now is seeing moms in preparation for birth and then help them recover after. And your client base is primarily in the Yukon, but you've talked about expansion, like a YouTube channel. That's that's international. Yes. So I'm just actually exporting uh, like most most recently. I have now clients who are outside of uh, Whitehorse. So I have some in the communities that are working online with me. And I also have one in Alaska and one in BC. So um, it's all women who are taking my online program um, to help prepare for birth and recover. And also um, it involves other, other things that we could get to later in the interview. But yeah, it's slowly exporting. And my goal is to really uh, like reach women from all over the map. So in other countries as well. So I'm just emerging slowly from the Yukon and like starting to um, grow my empire. <laughs> And with the like th- that transition to this online or, or remote format, was, was that because of the pandemic? Was it like what? H- how did those seeds get planted? A hundred percent. So basically, um, I think I mentioned in my previous interview that in when the pandemic hit, I realized, oh my god, I'm a physiotherapist. All my money and my income is coming from my hands, right? Like when I'm not working with my hands, equals no money. So that was the first realization. And uh, during the first six weeks, I was at home doing nothing because we were all shut down. And so I recorded a very preliminary version of my prenatal class, uh, which I was already offering, you know, in person, live every few months. So I had run that class so many times I had had the feedback from people. And so I knew exactly what people liked about that class and didn't like and what to make like the most uh, ideal version of the class. 
And so I did the first preliminary version in my guest room, you know, with like a little iPhone and I, there was like a, a mattress in the background and the sound was not awesome. And, and so that was the first version. And then as I was getting more interest for that class, I was like, oh my God, maybe it would be worthwhile recording it professionally. So then I like got all this gear and I'm a very intense person. When I get into a project, I'm like all in. And it's like, I need the teleprompter and the good camera and the microphone. And so I bought all the gear and recorded my class professionally myself, editing all the videos, uh, putting music on and, you know, like making it really nice. Um, and at the same time, because I had all this gear, I was like, well, maybe I should also start a YouTube channel to just uh, build up my authority in my field and just show my knowledge uh, for free so people can get to know me um, before they come into the clinic and like know that for sure they want to work with me kind of just get introduced um, to the different clients, potential clients, basically. So I started my YouTube channel in parallel of my online programs I was building. Um, so that was kind of the start of the pandemic. You were asking, like, has it started in a pandemic? So at first it was like, how can I still serve my clients while I'm not in the clinic was kind of the first intention. But then suddenly I had like someone in Ontario who had heard I had an online class. And so she was like, oh, can I buy this class too? So I was like, sure. And so I had like people from like other places in Canada who wanted to purchase my class. So then suddenly I was like, oh, now I'm exportable. Suddenly my, my knowledge is exportable. I can teach women from all over the world. There's no limit from now on. So um, it's just more recently that I started having more that, that thinking of expanding myself or like my business more outside of the Yukon. Well, I mean, I love the idea of you sharing your gift with the world because as a new mom who sought your services, you know, in, in the territory here, I can jump on my trampoline with my toddler with no problems. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best reward right there. Client testimonial. So, yeah, no, it's good. You, you know, you, you do, you, you have an incredible uh, wealth of knowledge. So that's, that's good. Thank you. What, what sort of is your first, uh, what was your first memory of the pandemic? I recall you have a really interesting story around that, but, you know, like, when you go back in time now, like where were you when you learned about the pandemic? <laughs> um, well, at first I recall the first remote knowledge about a possible pandemic was my mom saying um, like on Messenger, she was like, you know that COVID-19, like I think it would come from China and it, it seems like there might be a world pandemic. But my mom is a, always a bit alarmist and like just a bit dramatic about things so I was like oh mom like this is nothing like I just didn't take it seriously at all and I, I don't read the news I'm so focused on my business <laughs> and like it's kind of sad in a way but news affect me so much emotionally that I, I stay away from them and so I remember then oh yeah I was driving to Dawson for the um, festival the Thaw Gras festival and on the, at the station, like at the gas station in CarMax, uh, we like got the notice that the festival had been canceled. And or, there was also the Arctic Winter Games that had been canceled. And so then it like slowly started 
being like, oh my God, it's starting to affect us. Like it's not just a China thing, like it's starting to creep on us as well. And so I went skiing for a week in the tombstone. And so that was wonderful. We were out of that whole storm. And during that time, businesses were getting shut down and all my colleagues, uh, you know, physiotherapists or healthcare providers were like Facebooking about like, how will we make it work? But I was in the mountains skiing and enjoying the sun. And when I came back home, I thought, you know what, I, I heard about the pandemic, but I wanted to stay away for three days until I get back to work. Like I was like, no, I'm not going to take my emails. And I remember like opening my email just for fun to see how many emails I had. And there were so many just from like, oh my God, shut down and businesses like being told to not reopen. So yeah, that was just a slap in the face after this uh, wonderful trip to be like, oh, actually, I'm not going to work on Monday. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it seems like a distant memory now, and yet it's really still so implanted in our minds, like where we were and, and how all of those like those weeks unfolded. Yeah. So but thinking back, like we've been through a really interesting arc here in the territory from, you know, those initial shutdowns with the Arctic Winter Games to, you know, reopening in the spring and then kind of figuring out how to normalize this life and then the rollout of vaccines. And then, you know, this past summer we were, you know, we, we've experienced our first real wave and, you know, all of those cases in, in June and then again this fall, you know, and so businesses have had to continuously adapt to the public health measures. Like what, how have the public health measures impacted you and your business? What's been the most impactful um, to you? What's been the hardest to manage? Um, that's a really good question. I would say for me, it's been more about the in-person classes that I was still providing up to now. Um like, for example, I've had to cancel many times, you know, like postpartum groups with babies. And of course, it's a vulnerable population because people are not always vaccinated because they like did not want to get vaccinated during pregnancy. So sometimes they're not vaccinated postpartum and their babies are not. So like it's a very vulnerable sector. Um, and so, yeah, with the waves, like it's always hard because there was Sometimes there were waves of like cases, but there was no like instruction from the government just at that moment. And then you're wondering as a business owner, do I move forward with that class? I have that class on Tuesday and now there's like a bunch of cases. Do I make that call myself as a business owner or do I wait for the government to make the call for me? And then you don't want to put people in situations where they are like feeling like they need to attend the class. Um, so what I did actually that was a, a good strategy was I started streaming my classes. Um, all my live classes were streamed. So I had my computer uh, on Zoom and it was a bit of logistic, you know, to like, okay, when I'm demonstrating an exercise, I need to take care of the camera. Like, do the people online see well the movement? And also I'm taking care of all the people live who want that visual contact with me so so it's hard because you want to address the online participants and have them have a good experience but you also want the live participants to have a good experience so I almost felt like I would have needed an assistant to care care for the zoom part of the class and then me just focusing on the live 
But that way it was nice because women could actually attend the class from home if they felt unsafe or they felt like they had symptoms. This way they didn't feel like they paid for a class and couldn't attend half of the, the sessions. Um, and then I think, was it my September class? No, my November one, I started in the studio and then there was a bunch of cases. And I think they were recommending less people for in, in, inside gatherings. So I said, we're going to finish uh, on Zoom. So like half of the sessions were on Zoom and half in person. And the studio owner was actually nice uh, to reimburse my rental because like that's that, over, that overhead cost to write, like cost me $300 to rent the studio. And it's not her fault, like the studio owner, if I need to stop my classes, but at the same time, it's not my fault either. So like, you know, so she was really nice. She said, I'm going to reimburse your sessions that you're not renting the studio for. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a lot of like up and down. And I remember there was actually that specific um, class in September, uh, I checked in with the studio owner like an hour before, before the start class, uh, the start, uh, the class started, sorry, because the, the lock on the door did not work properly the, the, the week before. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're texting me because uh, my dad has COVID and he lives with me and I've sanitized the whole studio, but I just wanted to let you know and then like an hour before the class, I had to call everyone and be like, hey, canceled. Like, I didn't want to take that chance. So I had to text everyone and then hop on Zoom, like <laughs> at the lunch, like I like run to like make it on time. So yeah, it, it was a lot of like adaptation for that part. For my in-person practice, like at the clinic, it was actually not bad because as an essential service um, for physio, physiotherapy is an essential service. And so we don't, um, we're not required to uh, have people show proof of vaccination because we're essential service. It's like going to a grocery store. So I haven't really had to like, have the machine to take the vaccination. And I feel like it would be a bit awkward to ask. Uh, I, I really feel for the businesses where they have to ask for vaccination proof because you have that therapeutic relationship, right? And I don't know, it's like asking for a credit card. It's like, eh, you know, I, I don't think I would like that. But of course, when that's the, the like what they're asking for, then you have to do it. Uh, but yeah, I haven't had to do any of the, that shenanigan. <laughs> um, and otherwise it was like about washing the hands and sanitizing and wearing the mask, but I was fine with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you mean you've listed a, a quite a few adaptations that you've had in your business over the last you know, two years. Which, which are you the most proud of as we're sort of in this new normal phase and like reflecting what... What are you most proud of in terms of adaptation? Well, I think it's the whole online programming um, part. Like I really stepped up to the plate with um, learning how to, um, to operate all that gear I bought and becoming almost like a cinema, <laughs> cinemographer myself. Uh, and 
also like the, the other part I really, I haven't touched on is that I signed up this summer for a coaching program to help me build and grow my online business because I felt like there's, uh, how to say that, uh, when you want to grow your online presence and your online fan base and, you know, start exporting yourself like worldwide, there are it feels like such a mountain, right? It feels like there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's YouTube, and there's mailing lists and how to put that all together when your background is a physiotherapist who has no idea of what marketing is like and how to market yourself in this very current world and like with the specifics of this world. And so I felt like I was just shooting in so many directions, but I did not get the traction that I was hoping for. And, you know, yes, my online program was awesome, but what, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter if your program is awesome, it's no one's buying it, right? And I had a few people buying it, but it was not to a point where I was like, it could subside um, my income if, you know, I was to shut down again or something like that. So I discovered this online program um, called uh, Authority Accelerator, and it's um, by Sunny Lenarduzzi. She's a Canadian, and she's super big on YouTube. And uh, I purchased her program. It was like 6,000 US, I think, for that program. So it was a significant investment, but um, it really spoke to me. And I know a, a lot of people who have been successful using her approach. And so I've been enrolled in her coaching program since May. And it was all about doing your own market study. So I interviewed 50 uh, people, like potential, like ideal clients, basically, like people who have the profile of clients that I want to work with. So I, I did the 50 interviews, asked them what their pain points were, like what they're looking for in a program, blah, blah, blah. I gathered all this research and then I uh, tweaked my program according to what they were saying. Um, and then I uh, followed her, her strategies basically for online marketing, like in terms of your YouTube videos, what subjects to focus on to attract these clients. Um, you know, like it, it's a whole like step-by-step -step process, but like since I uh, signed up for this program, like I made a lot of money. <laughs> like I just, I mean, the income has followed, right? Like, cause I, for, for one, I was undervaluing my program and I was selling it for like a ridiculous amount of money for what the transformation was so like first recognizing the value of the program second how to go get those people who will recognize that value um, and how to create profitable content so so that's my most the thing I'm most proud of I think is to have found uh, a program that really helps me and coach me through like building up my business and have followed through with it and I'm still you know learning from it I'm I still have things to to work on but um to a point where I see that I could totally not work in the clinic and not be tied to my practice and still make the, the same income or even more than before so in terms of those revenues, so then you're saying those are like you're generating national and international revenues off these courses then? Um, I mean, I have one person from Alaska who purchased it. Um, so 
in that way, it would be international. Yeah. Um, most of my clientele right now is uh, in the Yukon. So Yukon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> like I made a sale, for example, when I was traveling in, with my parents in Quebec in September, right? And then it made me think, oh my God, like I can be anywhere now. I can be anywhere doing this and I could be on mat leave three months at my parents' place and still generate revenues and so that freed my mind that's like it was like just (laughs) okay you know if we need to move to Vancouver because we have a sick kid or something like that like you never know what life will bring you and as an entrepreneur that's the thing when your business is tied to a place it it doesn't bring much freedom so it was really mind-blowing how it just opened up the opportunities for me. And, and not to say that I don't like practicing like hands-on. I, I so love the contact with my clients, but I've reduced now to two afternoons a week, uh, my practice. That's all I do. And the rest of the week is all uh, content creation, building up my online business. Um and I, I still want to keep, you know, my skills up to date. And I think it's a huge part of why people trust me is because they know I have that experience in the clinic. But uh, thinking ahead and just wanting to have a family um, as a woman entrepreneur, like, it, the, what does that mean, right? Like, for a year, mat leave, it's it means that I have nothing, right? So... I think it can provide me with a good cushion to just like rest assured that I will have some income during my math leave. I, I think this kind of answers my next question, um, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway in case there's something else, but it's really like, you know, based on everything that you're learning, how are you thinking about your business model differently? What, like, what opportunities are you seeing for yourself? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess there was an, well, first there was the aspect of not being tied to a location. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing, um, I kind of lost my idea here. Um, oh, yes. Um, the second thing, how I change my business and, uh, and, and now it's different is that I now choose who I work with. So in the past, um, if you wanted to come to see me, you could just book yourself in my schedule. Um, and I read this amazing book this summer. It changed my mind, my life. Like I was in the tombstone again. You'll be like, oh, she's always in the tombstone. <laughs> I was in the tombstone and I was reading this book and it, I was just give me more. It's called Chillpreneur and it's uh, written by a woman entrepreneur. And she talks about like how to value yourself and just like kind of Anyway, it's an amazing book, but it changed my whole philosophy about uh, investing my energy in the right place in my business. And I was just reflecting on what are those areas that suck energy out of me, right? Because when you wear all the hats, at some point, you need to let go of some things and just focus on what brings you joy, what brings you uh, a smile and what you thrive for. And uh, one of the things that was sucking energy out of me was those clients who um, just come for maybe like a visit and don't come back. And as an introvert, like it's hard for me to um, when I first meet someone, there's always that like kind of barrier almost. And I like 
uh, in-depth relationships and like really developing a relationship over a long period of time. And so uh, realizing that those like one-time clients were draining me because I'm making the effort to know you and to like give you a lot of my knowledge, but you're not coming back to like check in. And so I didn't like that. I was like, well, I could just choose who I want to work with and get them, select them to make sure that we're the fit and that they're going to follow through, right? So now how it works is um, I have discovery calls um, so it, and they're free and you can book it on my website. And so if a woman is pregnant and I narrow down also who I want to work with, so they need to be pregnant in their second trimester because I want to take them early in pregnancy and then accompany them through postpartum. Um, so yeah, narrowing down my niche um, and then with the discovery calls, making sure that we're aligned in our goals. So if she says, you know, I want to work with you because I have chronic pain and I need someone to like treat my pain every week. This is not what I'm, I'm thriving. Like I, I want to help people prevent. I want people who are, want education, who want to learn, right? Not just come for a quick fix. So when I have clients on the sales or on the discovery calls, who like tell me things that I know it's not aligned with where I'm headed uh, or what my program can offer, then I tell them, well, here are your options. Here are other practitioners that you can work with if you want to work on pain control. But for me, my focus is more this and that. Uh, and so then at least they have options. And at least I don't end up seeing them in the clinic and then realizing we're not a fit. And then that drains me <laughs> for that hour, right? Um, so I know it, seem, it might seem a little like cold like that, but it, it's just a, a matter of investing your energy and the people who will get the most results too. Um, and now I find that with the discovery calls, most of the people I talk to, they're a good fit because they know already from talking to people who've seen me or, you know, like from reading on my website about like what the good fit are, like they already self-select themselves or they, or they say, okay, that's not for me. So that's been a huge thing for me is like readjusting how I, um, how I select my clients basically and who I work with narrowing down my niche. Yeah. Are those two yeah. things I'd say. I mean, really like, yeah, even at the start of the pandemic, but more so it's, you know, you, you were a generalist in your field and you're just sort of getting narrower and narrower and narrower in terms of what your, your product line is and what you offer to the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, have you accessed any pandemic related supports, some of the Yukon government subsidies or government of Canada? Um, I, I think I did access the, like one time I got tested for COVID. So I was off work for a week or two weeks. And so I got the funding for self-employed, um, for that, but other than that, no. Okay. And did you find that program easy to access and helpful? Like it, the, the Yukon guaranteed sick leave? Yeah. Yes. It was really straightforward. Um, I know there's other programs because like, I've been talking, uh, I incorporated, uh, by the way, uh, in October this year. Because Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. So that was a big step in just getting more legal protection as I'm growing and exporting myself and um, also financially and made more sense. But um, 
yeah, now that I'm incorporated, people, other business owners have been saying how I would be eligible for some programs for project development or, you know, things like that. And I just can't help myself but being like, oh, no, <laughs> thank you. No, like, I don't know. I, I, I just hate paperwork, Carrie. And like, I have access to Yukon uh, government funding for my album production when, um, like, because I'm a singer songwriter. And it was so, such a pain to just like justify every cent that I was spending on anything. And I understand why they're asking that. But for me, like, that's why I left my government job was to not be caught up in paperwork. And if I need to like produce a 30 page report saying how it's impacted my business, like I just, I'm out. So I self fund most of like all my projects basically. And I just want to move forward. So that's why I don't really seek uh, support, financial support <laughs> from the government. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. Um, I mean, you, you're, I think, a natural leader in how you present yourself and, you know, as a teacher, what are you learning about yourself in terms of leadership or about the Yukon as we've kind of weathered through this pandemic? Hmm. I think I learned that that I've always wanted to be a leader that would impact more than my community. Uh, but I didn't really realize that or pinpoint that until now. And when I got comments on my YouTube videos about like from someone in India saying, this changed my life, you know, like about, I made a video about painful sex and how to use dilators to stretch your vagina. <laughs> and, you know, like in those countries, they don't talk about that stuff. And so people go on YouTube, right. And that's how they find help. And I was just so proud to read that comment. And then it made me realize, wow, that's what I want to do. I don't want to keep my knowledge here. Like, it's awesome that it serves so many people in the Yukon, but I want it to grow. And I didn't know I had that ambition until it like that concrete result came to me. And then I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. So yeah, I think like kind of being a worldwide leader in my field would be amazing. It's like kind of one of my goals. That's a, I, I, it's an ambitious goal, but it, perfectly suited to you so <laughs> thank you I'm excited to hear you say that as I mean I mean you you are rooted here in the Yukon and I mean we're talking internationally now but I mean as we're sort of thinking about how we're rebuilding Yukon's economy how like this period of destabilization is changing the way we think about the Yukon economy what are you thinking about like you, how are you thinking about that rebuilding and, and what the Yukon's economy could look like on the other side of this or hmm I don't know if I have an opinion about this. Mm -hmm. um, I think like the Yukon uh, for me, like coming from Quebec originally and arriving here, I, I was finding that a lot of businesses did not 
really provide the service they could provide if there was more competition <laughs> so like because they're alone doing it they can allow themselves to say you know open from 11 ish to five ish you know you're like what the heck like if you're open from 11 to 5 you should be here at 11 and like you know that kind of stuff that is like to me non-acceptable for a business and I've always always since the beginning of my business been treating it as if there's competition and I need to like serve my clients as best as I can answer everyone's emails even if I can't take them I'm answering them you know and so if the pandemic could have taught at least a few business owners that, you know, like to just kind of upgrade their methodology and like be more online and, you know, be more on social media and just kind of do that. Um, I, I'm hoping that it will kind of just improve the general service in the Yukon um, and maybe like more outreach to other resources like I'm thinking um, well in my field like I find that for postpartum mental health for example there's not a lot of resources and all our therapists in town are super booked um, so could there be a program to like suggest like resources outside of the Yukon like we're in 2021. There are other therapists uh, in the in Canada that you could work with in this sense, but it's like it's hard to find a list of these resources. And so, yeah, like even though we don't have the resources here, like how can we like just create a network with other partners from outside of province to like help people to access what they need, um, either through like online or yeah telehealth or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I imagine that you've learned a lot over the last two years about resilience and entrepreneurship. So do you have any sort of words of wisdom to impart to an emerging entrepreneur about, about how to stay on top of things? Get a mentor. <laughs> uh, that has been the most helpful things thing for me was to have, I have basically two mentors. One is, well, Sunny from the coaching program I was talking about, Sunny Lenarduzzi. Uh, obviously, she's coaching like thousands of people. So it's all on Facebook and things like that. But um, there's her and I have a coach from Kingston as well, who's a multidiscipline clinic owner. Um, and so she's my go-to every time I have like a massive question mark about where to go with certain things. And I just find that when your nose is like here in your problems and you just are feeling stuck, having a fresh perspective from someone who might have the experience or have developed different tools than you do um, can like help tremendously and just orienting you in the right direction and also celebrating your wins and your successes. That's so important. You know, like when I tell my partner and nothing against him, but he's not a business owner, he's like, you know, and he doesn't get it right. Like when I say, Hey, I sold my first online program, you know, and he's like, Oh, that's great. But like, then we move on. But you know, like, I think it's really good to have someone who knows what that means um, to celebrate your successes and just cheer you on when you are 
feeling a bit low about something that didn't work as, as much as you thought it would or things like that. Has the pandemic shifted your worldview? Like we've talked about your emerging opportunities, but like, has there, like, has it shifted any other things about the way you think about the world? Hmm. Well, I certainly feel farther from my family than I did before. Like, I think before I was like, oh, I can choose to live wherever I want and I'll always make it work to see my family. And, and so now it feels more like um, something that's not guaranteed. So that has shifted my perspective about how far I am from everything else. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would stick to that answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like that, that distance, right? Like both the ability to send yourself out there as an entrepreneur and reach other parts of the world remotely, but then also there is this reality of us feeling fairly confined up here. Totally. Yes. Mm -hmm. Your wellness practice, what's kind of keeping you grounded and sane through the day? Um, workouts in the morning. So I have this YouTube channel I'm following Heather Robertson and she does like uh, workouts. So I try to do that three times um, a week. And then like getting outside with the dogs, like cross country skiing right now, uh, but mountain biking in the summer. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. any final thoughts before we close out today mm, no I just think your project is awesome and I hope that a lot of people will do the second interview because I would like this to serve for better programming and I mean better programming I say that but I don't I don't even know what's out there that's the thing and I don't know if it's me not seeking the information or um, just yeah, I, I don't know how they could make it more accessible, but like when people talk about those programs accessible to like business owner, I just don't even know where they are. And like, could it be that when you register a business with, um, you know, with the city that they give you a little brochure with like, here's the programs available for funding or things like that. Cause that's your first point of entry, right? Is like going to register your business. So if there could be like, hey, we have a person here who can explain what the programs are when you start your business, um, that kind of stuff, I think could be really helpful. And also another, another, another note, uh, when I um, uh, incorporated, oh my God, like, I was like, I wish there was someone here who could just coordinate all this stuff because I was like, do I need to meet with the lawyer first or the accountant first or who do I need to talk to? And I felt like I had to gather all these different steps for myself. And it was like really unclear. Um, and another business owner who incorporated to a few months ago, she said the same thing. She said she felt so stressed and that she was just trying to navigate the system. Um, so, yeah, it's like it takes a lot of initiative and willingness to like make this work because there's I, I feel like it's a big like darkness and you're just like yeah um so 
these are my final words. I hope that um, that there will be maybe more um, support for new business owners to know what the resources are in the community. It's kind of just like even that you need that that coaching in your niche to help you, you know, become the online influencer or you know transform your physio practice. But you also need that like <laughs> that coach, local coach and mentor to to help you, you know, transform. Setting the, up. Yeah, yeah, building out your foundation for for your business too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thank you, Sophie. You're always inspiring to chat with, and I'm so glad that you took the time today. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.